0: So, my friends, we consider today this um, engagement between our Lord and now the disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Again, remember, we are in the context of Holy Week, and so we're already in Jerusalem. And we hear that after some tough words against the Pharisees, they left and plotted how to entrap him, and so they send their disciples with the Herodians. Now, the Herodians were definitely Roman sympathizers, Herod was a king that was installed by the Roman um, occupying force. And so they're going to ask him a question uh, that is meant to be uh, trip him up politically. Uh, and they start by buttering him up, of course, right? We know, Jesus, teacher, we know that you, you don't care about what's politically correct. You don't care about what people think about you. You always tell the truth. And so is it, is it legal... For us to pay the census tax to Rome, and that is um, that's a difficult question, particularly in the politically charged climate of Jerusalem. Why? Well, who's, uh, the the tax that you pay the census uh, the coin that you pay the census tax with is a Roman coin. You have to pay taxes in the right the right currency. Um, and so this goes to Rome, and so it's a Roman coin, and so it ha- it's a graven image, right? It has an image of Caesar uh, engraved. Caesar considered himself to be like God, and so now you, with this coin, are offering, you could say, a type of worship, right? You're, uh, you're carrying around an idol to a pagan god, and you're offering it to someone who considers himself God, Right? Not only that, Rome was an occupying force in the Holy Land. They were, they were there, and many of the faithful Jewish people did not want them there. They are foreign occupiers. And so to say, yes, pay your taxes to the foreign occupying you know, army, like that, that's not going to go too well uh, for our Lord with the, the people um, around. On the flip side... If Jesus says, don't pay your taxes to Rome, that is a short and easy way to get put to death, right? Because now he's inciting a rebellion. uh, He's inciting a type of insurrection and civil disobedience, which uh, in that time is going to get him put to death, which actually, this is the charge that the Jewish crowds bring against him falsely to Pilate, that he told us not to pay our taxes, uh, and that that is one of the charges which could be Consider a capital offense in leading a rebellion. And so, this is a, a bit of a sticky situation, a sticky question. And our Lord answers it very um, wisely, obviously. He's God, right? Uh, and so he answers it with a, real, with a real wisdom. And what does he start with? He starts with, um, first, the, uh, rebuking that. Why are you testing me? Are you hypocrites? Why, why are you testing me? Someone show me a coin right? Show me a a Roman denarius. Show me the Roman coin. What does that imply? It implies Jesus doesn't have one, right? He's not going to pull one out of his pocket and be like, oh, I've got a coin right here. Let's look at this. He says, show me a coin, right? Show, Show me a coin. It'd be like me saying, um, I haven't seen a picture of Benjamin Franklin in a while. Does anyone, does anyone have one on you? I don't know if you do, right? If you have a picture of Ben Franklin, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it tomorrow morning when we're counting the collection, right? That'd be cool. But like, you know, do you have a do you have a picture of Ben Franklin? No, maybe uh, Grant, right? Maybe maybe uh, President Grant. That'd be cool. Um, but anyway, uh, so who's show me a coin? Someone. So they do. Oh, they have the coins, right? The Rhodians, They totally got the Roman money. So yeah. Oh, great! I got one right here. whose Whose picture is this, right? Who's Whose image? Is, oh, Jesus, that's Caesar's picture. You didn't know that? That's his, and whose inscript, inscription, right? Whose image, and who, that's Caesar's inscription. Well, give it back to him. It has his name on it. Give it to him, it, right? It's, it's got his name and his picture on it. Give it back to him. Who cares, right? Um, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. It's got his name on it. Uh, and give to God. But give to God what belongs to God. So that's how our Lord addresses the question, but we can consider some of the deeper implications of that. We're going to go um, from the last to the first, right? How did we figure out who's, um, you know, where to give the coin? Well, whose inscription, whose image is that? It's Caesar's image, so you give it to Caesar. Great. How do we know what to give to God? Well, what is the image of God, or better, who? Who is in the image of God? I am. You are. We are made in the image of God. And so to simply say give to God what belongs to God doesn't mean you give God the money with God's picture on it. I'm the image of God. I was made. I live in the image of God. And so first and foremost, I give myself, my heart, my being, entirely to God. I, as a Christian, must be a hundred percent given over to Almighty God. I was made in the image of God. God comes first, always. And to be a son or a daughter of God, to be a Christian following the teachings of Jesus Christ, is my first identity. And it's my most important identity. I'm a son of God. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing about me. I am in the image of God, which means my heart and my soul belongs first and foremost to Almighty God. And we do this particularly when we offer our worship, right? When we come to church and we worship Almighty God, right? This is me giving worship. To God, I'm giving my time, I'm giving my attention, I'm giving my love, I'm giving adoration. And these rightly, particularly the act of worship, doesn't belong to anyone else. It belongs to God alone. I worship God. I am in the image of God. This is how I was made. But after we consider that, and we're rightly founded in our identity as Christians followers of Jesus Christ, creating the image of God, then that empowers us to rightly interact in society. Because we as Christians are not called to be isolationists. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Be involved socially. Pay your taxes, right? We, our religion, is not an isolationist religion where I'm really glad we've got our Catholic bubble and we're going to isolate off from everyone else and we do our own thing and forget about the rest of the world? Absolutely not. Right? We are called to be active and engaged in the world. And in a particular way, we're called to be active and engaged in social, public, political life. That this is how we should be. First formed in the image of God, knowing who we are, giving our right worship to God, but then being engaged. We should care. We should care about our city, right? We should care about our state, about our nation. We should care about global concerns. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, is asking us to pray on Friday, to pray and to fast for peace, uh, particularly in Israel, right? And so, we should do that, like we should care. Does that day-to-day affect my life right here, right now? Maybe not, but I need to care. I need to see that this, as a Christian, I have to care about what's happening in the world. I should care about my city. I should care about our state, right? We, we have to care. We have to be involved. We have to be engaged. Our religion does is not an isolationist religion. In fact, at the end of Mass, if I don't cut him off, Deacon Al is going to dismiss us with a go forth. The mass has ended, right? A command to go, to get out of here. It's not about, I'm going to spend all day in church. Look what a good Catholic I am. I spent all day in church. No, because we said, get out of here. Go, get onto mission. Go spread the gospel. Go change the world. We are built up and we offer first to God what we do here, offering ourselves, but then we go. We go and we spread the gospel message. We go, and we, we bring our Christian faith to the entire world, and we let our faith permeate into all the different areas of our life. We let it permeate into our areas of education, into our workplaces, into even local and state and national politics. We let it permeate into all these things, always as Christians, always first as followers of Jesus Christ, but then actively bringing the Christian message to all the world. I don't remember what saint it was, but there was one of them, right? There's a lot, but one of them um, said that he didn't like saying like, As Christians, we need to invade society. We don't invade society. You're already there, right? You're already there. We don't need to go out and start like trying to invade the world. We're there already. We're already here. What we need to do is bring all of our Christian values. We need to bring all of the gospel teaching. And we need to let that be the leaven in the midst of society. We're already there. We've got the ground already covered. We need to be bringing our Christian faith always into those sectors of society. We need to be actively involved in those ways. And so this is is really our call. Because here's the problem. If we don't have our order of operations right in this, if we don't see that our first identity is as children of God made in the image of God, followers of Jesus Christ who are then called to bring that message to the world, well then we won't make the world more Christian. The world will make us more worldly. See, it's going to go one way or another. Either we will transform the world or the world will transform us. And so we need to be rightly founded first in our identity as children of God. And then we will be capable and able to bring that message to the entire world. I just want to offer a last point. Um, It's going to come up a lot, probably in the next year or so, and, you know, with this gospel of render to God what belongs to God, but to Caesar what belongs to Caesars, Um, elements of political life in our democratic republic um, can get very, very tense and very heated, right, and Public involvement, our role in choosing those that are in positions of governance is good, right? And we want to support that. But our identity is always first as children of God. And so we have to be very aware to not just fall into the pattern of identifying more with one political party or another, one political platform or another, one cable news network or another. I identify first with the gospel. If you want to know my political platform, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? I am first a Christian and then a member of whatever political party. And in a very heated political society, as I'm sure things are going to get over this next year before in a year of a presidential election, um, we always have to see that we can't just say... My Christianity, insofar as it lines up with the values of this party or that party, like that's, I'm first a member of whatever political party, and then, hey, that happens to agree with my faith, right? No, I'm first a member of my faith. I am first a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ. And then, insofar as different political sides of the spectrum uh, agree with gospel teaching and disagree with gospel teaching, we Call it like it is, right? And we say we stand up for what we believe in Jesus Christ. We are first Christians. We are first sons and daughters of God, and so we have, we should be very careful, right? Looking into going into this upcoming year and all the different news and politics that'll be involved. To always remember that we are first Christians. If I cite some political news channel more than I reference the gospel. Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? What does that say about where my priorities are? Right? If I talk more about politics than I do about faith, where are my priorities? What does that look like? And so, we have to be involved in these things, absolutely. Right? We can't isolate ourselves and say, forget about it, we're just going to live our own little sector of society, our own little Christian bubble. No, no, no. Get out there. Be involved. But always as disciples of Jesus Christ. Always as sons and daughters of God. My friends, this is, what, this is what we're called to. If we aren't rightly founded in Christ, we're not going to be able to change the world. We're not going to be able to make the world more Christian. It will make us more worldly. It will change us. We won't change it. And so, let's ask our Lord for the grace. We give first to God what belongs to him. I am in the image of God. I am given over entirely to God. And then we are each strengthened to go and be the transforming power of Jesus Christ in the world.